let's uh, let's head over to the Barossa and we'll um, yes. have a chat with Stephen Henschke. Good morning to you, Stephen. Good morning, Simon. Uh, and we've got Jill Upton here as well. Hi, Hi Stephen. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Um, <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> on your uh, on having the the best Riesling in the uh, in the Holiday uh, Wine Awards. That would be a a hotly contested category, I would imagine. <laughs> That's beautifully put. Yes, it is. I think Riesling is one of Australia's greatest varieties and one of its most important varieties. Um, and there's a lot of competition between different regions <laughs> in Australia for best Riesling. So, yeah, we were delighted. Um, it's a it's a patch of Riesling that my father planted 50 years ago. Right. Um, on our Eden Valley vineyard, um, and it just keeps throwing up the most beautiful floral, um, the minerally beautiful acid structure in the wine that um, just goes on and on. But in in twenty one, um, you know, it really reached fantastic heights in terms of aromatics and and structure and flavour. Yeah, um, so we're delighted. And. Sometimes we uh, we see these wines and in, in the in minute quantities, like um, you know the, the best um, uh, riesling. They they had one um, that they made sort of in a concrete egg, well, and then mm. sold out. But um, have you made this in enough quantity that we can all go and get the twenty one uh, Julius riesling? Um, sadly, because twenty one was over a you know. The previous vintage, 22 is currently the Riesling, the oh, yeah. that we have available, and 21 is pretty well sold out. But I suspect oh, wow. that if you hunt around in, in some of the bottle shops here and there, you'll find some. Mm. Um, yeah. Even on webs- on um, you know, the like Langton Sea Auction websites and things like that. Mm, okay. So it's a 21. So, you- so, yeah, 21 is the one that won the award. But as you say, it's a solid. This, this vineyard is special. So... Um, any year is going to be a stunning wine, I'd imagine. Mm, absolutely. And 22, as it turns out, is another real stunner of vintage. So they're, they're almost um, sort of two, almost a copy of each other, you know, one after the other. We've just had two amazingly um, cool summers, long, slow ripening periods, and that just gives a, a chance for amazing uh, florals and, and flavour compounds. So mm. that, that makes a bit. So for people who couldn't get the 2021, they can just ask it with bated breath and get get their hands on the 22. When when will that come out? Well, that's um, coming into the into the shops now. Great. Um, so, okay. Good to know. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Do you do you do a, a riesling every year? Is there ever been a vintage you haven't? Ah, that's a really good question. Um, no, I think we've made one every year, even if it's been in my new quantities. So some of those La Nina years where we get a lot of rain and mould, but generally mm-hmm. Riesling is is earlier, um, and that's a, that's a benefit because you know by the time things start getting ugly, <laughs> we probably pick the Riesling. Mm. Um, yes, where the reds the reds tend to struggle more in those sorts of seasons. In the hot in the hot years, obviously they ripen very quickly and yeah. you usually have lower yields and what have you, but. Um, this this last season, the 22, was affected by hail. Um, yes. So we had hail in the Barossa and, and the Eden Valley, mm. um, which smashed off you know, probably 25% of the fruit. Um, oh, sadly, sure. and way, way back in October. So it was actually you know, it's in springtime, before flowering of the, of the vines, 
Um, so it sort of thinned out the potential crop, but we still got beautiful riesling out of it. Mm. Good. And what do you what do what do you think that we'll be seeing from the twenty twenty three? Given that you just mentioned that um, for an El Nino year, it's not really a because there's just too much rain and mould. We've had so much rain this year. What 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 are you forecasting? Um, we um, we think you know, Bureau of Meteorology and also um, some of the some of those sort of um, prophesies, if you like, of how the future, mm. how the weather's going to come. They're talking up. Um, the La Nina. They're also talking up the um, negative uh, Indian Ocean dipole, which is yes. good for us because that means warmer um, Timor Sea, um, more rainfall coming down from the northwest to South Australia. So um, if we don't have a hot summer, and it sounds like we n- we're not due for a hot summer again this year, then we should make um, absolutely cracker racing in 23. But um, I don't like to cut my chickens too early. No, <laughs> sure, of course not. You know what it's like. <laughs> like a hail and all sorts of other things can happen in the meantime. Yeah. yeah. Um, what sort of longevity do your Rieslings get? Um, um, that's a really great question. It, since the invention of screw caps, you know, the Stelvin yeah. closure, mm-hmm. um, the Rieslings are ageing magnificently. Right. So we started <laughs> using them in '96. I should have used them earlier, but we just didn't have the the bottles and the screw caps available back in those days and in decent quality. Um, but it, my gym, my training in Germany um, taught me that screw caps was the best closure. Um, right. And so we've been battling with these horrible corks that, that <laughs> you know, Riesling is like a white piece of paper and a cork is like smudging dirty you know, dirt on it. Um, you just get all these flavours from the bark of the tree rather than mm. the beautiful, pristine Riesling flavours. Mm. So, um, so screw cap, it values the wine, actually keeps the beautiful florals, but bottle age character builds as well. Stephen, it's really interesting that you just brought this up because literally um, earlier on the show uh, we had Dan Simmons and um, talking about how cork is making a comeback. And so we've been discussing corks and screw caps and the pros and cons of both from a you know financial and uh, <laughs> eco, all that sort of jazz. So it's very, it's very pertinent that you just mentioned it. So is this yes. Riesling specific that you would that you would stick with the screw cap? I mean, what what other, or is it more of a white wine thing? Can you can you tell us what you would be happy to go back? to cork that maybe you've moved on to screw cap? Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because I'm a traditionalist. I mean, our winery is one of the oldest family-owned wineries in the country. Um, oh. But sometimes you need to move ahead. You know, we're not using horses and wagons anymore and, and that sort mm. of thing. Mm. Um, and, and corks is a bit, a bit like horses and wagons. And it was a great closure when there was nothing else available, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Um, but mm. now with modern technology, we can we can make closures that, as I said, evaluate the wine, make the wine better. Mm. So it's not just for Riesling. It's not just for white wines. Screw cap is actually better for red wine as well. Mm. Um, and that's been shown by many, many tastings um, around the world, even, even um, you know, the uh, Communicator of the Year um, who won an award recently um, in in uh, Italy, uh, Tyson Stelzer, he um, mm. demonstrated that that screw cap is a better closure for red wine uh, by just doing comparative tastings and showing people. Um, the funny thing is, people just can't believe that that the cork doesn't make a better, you know, doesn't produce a better result. But cork is just too random. You've got you've got 
you know, corks that are like pieces of wood and corks that are like sponge rubber. Um, and it just, you know, the the variability is just too great. And then you've got all the other problems with leakage, you know, with, with crumbling mm. corks and, and leaking corks and what have you. So mm. sure. as, as a family winery where we've put, or my dad put a lot of wine away in, in the cellar for basically for restaurants, for maturing the wine for restaurants. Mm-hmm. When we did a recorking program on those wines from the 70s, um, you know, in, in the sort of late 80s, we lost 30% of the wine. Right. We oh, lost 30%? Thousands, oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. thousands of bottles of wine that had leaked and had leaked too much that we couldn't top them up and recork them. Mm. So, so at, what are your... Oh, sorry. Yeah, please keep going. I was just saying it was a hard lesson. Yeah, you know, for us. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so, but you know, better closures are better. Newer closures are better because they protect the wine from oxidation, and mm-hmm. so the wine, as I said, retains its fruit better, its colour better, uh, but it still ages. You know, that's mm. that's the thing that people don't yes. understand. Um, so do you find that it actually better. ages faster with a screw cap? Is that? No, it probably ages a bit slower, and right. the way I'd describe it as you know you, you know when you have a really special bottle of wine is usually a magnum a magnum mm-hmm. or a double magnum or something and then mm-hmm. they look better because over time that there's less oxygen getting through to the wine and oxidizing the wine because sure. the area of the cork is small in comparison so that's the screw cap does the same thing it actually lets less air into the wine to oxidize it so the wine stays fresher for longer and so it actually looks better um, over a longer period of time. Mm. Sure. Yeah, well, it's, Talking um, a bit, we're getting into science here. I, I think, yeah, and look, I think, <laughs> I think, you know, it's a whole lot of choices um, that that winemakers and wineries, you know, make for yeah. various reasons to, to to have cork and and the fact that the product is much much better than it used to be. I think is the one, you know, that that's a real positive. That's um, true. So, yeah. um, Stephen, when we spoke last, that was a little while ago. Um, uh, you had recently opened your um, uh, a new cellar door. So, how's that been going since? Uh, really well. Um, uh, it's the timing couldn't have been better. We didn't realise at the time that COVID was coming, um, but <clears throat> because of closures and because of distancing and what have you, um, having a, a, a larger cellar door space where we could seat people, we could do do um, basically educated tastings. Um, with different brackets of, of wines and varieties and things, um, it's worked amazingly well. We've we've actually found that people love it. They just love that more personal experience where they can can go through a range of wines, um, and they they get more out of it. And and the, and we get a greater benefit as well. So it was mm. was really worthwhile doing, um, and it's a really beautiful space. Um, so if you get a chance, come over. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were hopeful when we were chatting last time that it wouldn't be too long. But, um, and please then, book in. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing now. Wow. So everybody has to book these days. And look, I think that's a great thing. I mean, most wineries have, have moved that way and, and yeah. you know, you are charging, but, but the experience is so much deeper and better um, rather than, you know, maybe fighting for a spot at the traditional, you know, uh, counter at a, a cellar door. 
Exactly right. And and we we're charging, but that charge is refunded on purchase. So sure. um, you know, it's 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 really just a, a pseudo charge, if you like, because um, you know you get your money back when you buy a bottle of wine or a couple of bottles of wine or whatever. Mm. So mm. so it's a way of controlling it and. You, know, you you can't go to restaurants these days without booking and sell the doors are the same because we're just getting so many people through. We can't believe it. You know, middle of winter, usually it's you know, deadly quiet for some of you, but we're getting lots and lots of people through. So Everyone's just so excited to be able to get out and about and travel in between interstate. It's like it's like a newborn. It's great. Absolutely. And it's fantastic. I reckon in part, and we – you know, over that whole time we were talking to various winemakers and, you know, particularly in South Australia where you were uh, able to move around and go to places but you had to do it within your own state, um, mm. that people were reporting, you know, so many people were rediscovering their own neighbourhood and their own state, um, whereas mm. once they used to go, you know, overseas and, and that was where they travelled, mm-hmm. but they were they were forced in a way to to get out and about into the regions. And, and would you say that that's continuing now? They're discovering their own backyard, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They're finding a lot more local people coming to visit us. Um, ironically, before COVID, you know, most of the number of plates in our car park were from Melbourne or Sydney. Hmm. Um, now we're finding um, a lot more South Australian people are coming um, discovering and staying and then just enjoying the, the region and discover, you know, learning things that they didn't know before. Mm. Um, but they used to treat it as being you know, their probably, own backyard. Yeah, so, probably you know, took, it, 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 took it for granted. It was always there. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're funny, aren't we, as humans? Aren't we? Yeah, you look, for, you yeah. look further afield and, and not under your nose. Um, mm. So that's so true. Yeah, I, I, look, it looks beautiful and anyone should should uh, check it out on, on the website. So henschke.com.au, is that right? Correct. And yes. Henschke, spell out Henschke for us. H-E-N-S-C-H-K-E. Beauty. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, and because, I mean, you're, that the small, you know, quaint cellar door was, was really charming, you know, in, in its own way, mm. but I can see the huge advantages for, um, you know, having a, a, a much bigger um, and grander facility. Yeah, it's a difference between being able to see two people and being able to see 30 people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah big, big difference. <laughs> how, how do you go with staffing? I know it's a family business, so there's probably a lot of family um, involved, but um, is staffing an issue for you guys um, like it is around everyone? Yes, I'd have to say it is a bit. Um, I think we're all challenged um, by the lack of workers, the lack of staff, uh, um, and that's just the way... The way it seems to be at the moment. Um, Stephen, I, but we I, we are out in the country a bit, so the advantage is we do have you know people locally that tend to stay around, and um, but there's still you know still that challenge having enough staff to do to do you know to cover the extra people that are coming. Sorry, Jill. Oh no, no, no. Um, I did notice that you're actually um, advertising for a senior winemaker at the moment. <laughs> yes. We yeah, are. I thought. Well, let, let's 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 you know talk about that on the show. So I think I must have seen that on on LinkedIn or something. And um, and I just thought, actually, said to Mike, uh, my husband, because clearly we're massive fans of of your wines. I said, wow, that that a very lucky person is about to become a senior winemaker at Henschke. So um, what sort of what sort of person are you looking for? 
Um, I'm not going somebody, for the job, by the way. Yeah, oh, no, you're welcome to, to apply. <laughs> well, lots of winemakers, when they're out pruning and doing things in the vineyard, listen to our podcasts. So that's so right. That's right. Go. So I thought this is this is a good, this is actually a good way to uh, to to spread the message. So yeah. So what are you after? Well, we're really looking for, I guess, a winemaker with with lots of experience um, and the ability to be open minded. I mean, I guess Hensky is a bit different because our region, Eden Valley, is quite distinctive. Um, and quite unique in its climate. So, you know, it, it obviously needs to be somebody who's adaptable and can can learn and work with with our unique fruit, I guess, if you like. Um, so, you know, a well-trained person, it, it doesn't have to be a young person or an old person. It can be sort of somewhere in the middle or whatever, um, but just some somebody who has that enthusiasm to, to tackle, you know, the more... You know, there's a lot, lot of science, a lot of chemistry in in winemaking, um, yes. but there's a lot of just very straightforward natural processes. Mm. And you're yep, sure. really you're not a winemaker; you're a nurse, if you like. Yeah, <laughs> looking after your would, little patients. So, would they yeah. be having anything to do with um, with the Hill of Grace? Yes. Yep. So yeah, they would. Um, they'll they'll be you know, tasting the fruit with me out in the vineyard. Um, they'll be arranging, you know, the the picking at, at the right times and all the processes involved in in getting grapes into the fermenters and and looking after the fermentations right through to bottling effectively. So, um, wow. yeah, it's a it's a it's a big job, and I've been doing it for for all my life, um, mm. over forty years, and um, it's nice to have somebody to work together with. To, yes, of course. To, you know, make things work really well. And I think and look, you know, someone has to be really interested in the history of of Hensky and and mm-hmm. you know the the Riesling blocks fifty years old and planted, mm-hmm. you know, by family. Mm-hmm. And so there will be a, a million uh, little stories and 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 reasons. I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by the names, um, and I'm assuming they're <laughs> all family members. So, for instance, who who is Julius? The the name uh, of the Riesling that won. Mm, well, Julius was my great uncle, so my grandfather's younger brother. Um, he became um, a monumental mason. So there are about um, would have been about I guess six boys in the family, um, and he was one who became a, you know, a monumental mason, doing headstones, um, working locally in Tanunda. Um He was a skilled artist as well as a sculptor. And he, um, if you go to the cemetery at, at Gnadenberg, Barrack is the name of the, the lo- our local church, which translates as Hill of Grace, by the way, mm-hmm. um, you'll find beautiful um, sculptures of angels and the headstones that he did um, back wow. in the sort of early part of the century, 1900s. Um, but his most famous work is the War Memorial on North Terrace in Adelaide, so okay. North Terrace. Kintour Avenue in the historic precinct of Adelaide um, near Government House. And there's a, it's a, basically an angel that stands about 10 metres high holding a sword pure from pure white Angerston marble um, that was actually um, you know, mined or quarried very closely close to us um, on the western side of the Eden, Eden Valley Range. Um, and he used that to make, uh, to sculpture this um, basically, double-sided um, angel 
on the War Memorial. It's just a stunning piece of work. Wow. And was he a particularly no, big no, lover no. Of, of Riesling? I mean, what's is there a reason why uh, <laughs> he was, um, was used on Riesling? Or <laughs> Yes, he. the connection is really, you know, our family has been making Riesling, has been specialising in Riesling and Shiraz for mm-hmm. you know, something like 150 years. He, he grew up here at the winery. He was a musician as well as an artist and sculptor. Um, mm-hmm. He would have grown up in the winery just like I did helping out Doing, you know, picking grapes and making wine and what have you, and then he got into his stonemason side. So that sort of connection between stonemasonry, sculpturing, you know, it's sort of, you know, you're chipping away at, at something and riesling. Yeah, riesling is in a way is a is a fine honed sort of grape variety that has the acidity and the you know that that purity about it, and and we just um, felt that he had to be. We had to pay tribute to him because he's such a special person um, in sure. the family, and um, so we made our wrestling after him. Hmm. Um, and so you mentioned um, briefly, so the Hill of Grace, which is obviously everyone would know as your flagship wine, um, it is named after the church. Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's named after the Gnadenberg Church, which is... Um, yeah, I've just got just got family coming to visit at the moment, so <laughs> quickly have to duck around and close the doors. Um, so the yeah the the church the church what they did is they when the early Lutheran settlers came out from Silesia, Brandenburg it was a Prussian area. They named a lot of places after where they came from, um, and so there's a road a, a church just up the road from Gnadenberg called Grunberg. And Grunberg means green hill. There's still vineyard, there's still grapes being grown at Green Hill or Grunberg in Poland, which was now Poland but was Silesia in those days, Prussia. Um, and so it's, you know, that history is, is a, I guess, a part of, of the Barossa Eden Valley history. Mm. Um, and so those names are, are commonly being used um, here. Um, everybody knows them and accepts them, um, and it's a great thing to learn about um, yeah. and to s- discover, really, when you're travelling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, uh, There's a few things we need to go and look at now, Jill. Uh, <laughs> oh, there certainly are. So we stayed in Adelaide and we, we go to the War Memorial because that's fascinating. I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. you know, people will will also do that when, when they're there. So, so I think you, your little dog's not happy with your visitors. Yes, so. I'm sorry. we <laughs> We have a, a dachshund, a little mm-hmm. a miniature a brown dachshund, short-haired, called uh, Friedrich Wilhelm. So we na- actually named him after the Prussian king. Yeah. But we call him Fritz. Fritz, he loves, loves being called Fritz. He's very gorgeous <laughs> and friendly. And our son, uh, Andreas, and, he, and his wife, Ruby, have got a dachshund as well called uh, Kevin. They call Kevin. him Kevin Bacon. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's all very busy there, but do I have time for one more questions, Stephen? that back, Lodge. <laughs> yes, no, you, you're quite welcome to ask me many questions awesome. if you like. <laughs> um, just, just further on the Hill of Grace, um, your flagship is such gorgeous wine. So the 2017 was the recent release, and it yes. scored 99 points, so congratulations. Uh, it's Thank 99 you. points at the recent Holiday Awards. That's it. <laughs> 99 is not given out easily. Um, so that's no, awesome. How you would you... lose that one mark? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with it, Stephen? Um, so how would you put the 2017, how would you stack that vintage up against, uh, you know, pre- previous vintages? Is it, is it a bit of a standout? Um, yes, it, it is. Yeah. It's, cool. it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, vintages vary, you know, depending on the, on the weather, I guess. So you have warm years and cool years and what have you. The thing about 17 was it was another what I described as a Riesling vintage. So we had this cool, mild summer, long, slow ripening <laughs> period and just built all these beautiful flavours. So the Shiraz from that vineyard just has an amazing amount of perfume, uh, spices and fruits in it. They just really show out vividly, and you can you can smell almost all the individual components and go, I can smell this, I can smell that, and whatever. Yeah. Um, where often the wines and warmer years, the aroma is sort of melded together. It still looks really attractive, but you can't quite identify the spiced characters as easily. Where in right. the seventeen you can, and the structure of the wine is just. You know, it just goes on and on. It's like an arrow through the middle of the wine. It just takes you on a journey. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's a, just a gorgeous vintage, a gorgeous wine. We called it a vintage of vitality because, you know, the wine is just so so vibrant and and vital and, and they'll, they'll age for, for years. Beautiful. And I guess the, the thing about Hill of Grace is that it's on a deep silt and that deep silt on these 150-year-old grandfather vines seems to bring out almost like a uh, an exotic five spice um star anise sort of uh, spice in the wine mm. which is quite distinctive in that particular vineyard mm. where yes. in mount edelson in the hundred year old vineyard it, we seem to see more sage black pepper characters yes so it's yeah. really interesting how those flavors vary and even even the vineyards are only four kilometres apart, but the wines are quite different. So different. I love your description of an arrow through the wine taking you on a journey of the wine. <laughs> so it's, that's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Well, I can't wait to taste it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, well done. That's that's a great on a great uh, accolade. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, well, look, we probably should let you uh, go and <laughs> get to your family. Get to the family. What is there? Have you got a big time. lunch or anything <laughs> happening? No, they're um, that Andreas and Maria have two little boys, two little grand, uh, two little grandchildren, and they're um, they're going to the the museum today. So they're, um, they're just put, dropping off Kevin, um, collecting a few things, and then heading down to Adelaide Museum to I, take I the kids on. I love it how your uh, your son Adrian, he's um, so you've got Andreas. <laughs> Sorry, Andreas. Yeah. Apologies. Andreas, yeah. Um. um that you've got such a, a you know Prussian name and uh, for your dog, and then they've gone with Aussie Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin, Kevin grew up in Mooney Ponds actually in in Melbourne because they and Jason Ruby were living over there, working over there, um, and then they came back here in uh, the end of 2019. So Kevin's a city dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's learning. He's learning to be a country dog. Yeah, right. Oh, well, he'll, he'll have fun playing uh, playing with his mates. Oh, the two get on very well. Yeah, great. Fun. They're a cool, cool looking dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, Seven, thank you. It's uh, great to chat, and uh, congratulations again for you know um, well deserved awards and um, thank and you audits. 
Um, and I'm sure we'll chat again, but certainly very keen to get over and check out the, the new cellar door and, and all that sort of thing because it's, I mean, it's long overdue since we've been able to get there properly. It would be a pleasure. Look, pleasure to look after you. Excellent. Thank you.